Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Before we begin tonight, uh, or this week, I guess, um, some a, a quick update. Uh, we want to send uh, our condolences out to uh, the Hardy Boys, uh, Matt and Jeff, their, their uh, father recently passed away uh, back uh, a little over a week ago. A week and a half ago on April 6th. Uh, 87 years old. Had been a, a, a surprise to learn he'd been a single father since 1987 when uh, when their mom passed away from uh, from cancer. But uh, Matt wrote a, a nice tribute on uh, on social media, and uh, we just want to wish them uh, the best during these uh, during these tough times. So uh, best wishes, uh, sincere condolences, and uh, yeah. Sound like a hell of a guy. Thursday, you know what that means. It is episode 78 of the most elite show on the Rundown Wrestling Network. This is the AEW Rundown. My name is Adam. I'm your host. Sal's back. Cheating whore. Oh. Sensing a lot of heat from the other side of this Skype call. Yeah, oh, yeah, whore. <laughs> What's the matter, buddy? I thought I, <laughs> I thought you liked spending some time with Troy. Not only, not only were you not here last week, uh, you were on the other show <laughs> in the Wednesday Night War. But then we do the WrestleMania rundown, and you're not, you are, you are, you, you are the network's premier WrestleManiaist. Yeah, I know. And you weren't there for the WrestleMania recap? Um, no, I was not. What, what the fuck, bro? No, well, you know. Bro, what the fuck, bro? I want all the glory, so I'm going to do a solo episode of WrestleMania Salvation. Uh, <laughs> See, I was going to ask you, as the as the the resident WrestleManiaist, which you, which if you wanted to give a little a little your thoughts right now, but if you're going to be if you're going to be like that, I'm kidding. I have no um, <laughs> time to do a fucking two night recap, uh, especially solo. No, okay. So peel back the curtain a little bit. I had my second dose of the vaccine on Tuesday. And my intention, right until that needle went in my arm, was to be on WrestleMania um, recap on the WWE Rundown. 
And, uh, probably about 20 minutes after I left the, um, vex, the vaccination spot, I started getting a headache. And I'm like, ah, this didn't happen last time until the next day. It's already fucking hit me. So I took a Tylenol, and I went to go lie down. And I woke up at 7.30, now with the headache piercing behind my eyeball. Nice. And I'm nice. like, I, nope. Mm. <laughs> mm -mm. I like can't what, even fucking like move. What, right? Sounds like what Ginger's going through right now. Right. Uh, KT says you just didn't want to deal with a double dose of Natalia and Tamina. But I did deal with it, because I still watched it. <laughs> yeah. And there's not much uh, to say about it. It's not like I would have bitched about that. We are live to the world, of course, twitch.tv slash the Salzer Effect. Come on down, throw me a follow, and hang out. Uh, we, I don't only podcast. This week I only podcasted because uh, I was in charge of remote learning on uh, Monday and Tuesday, uh, and so did not uh, have the free time I with which to stream, but uh, typically Monday and Tuesday afternoons, Eastern Time, we do video games, and then we're here on Thursday nights for the AEW Rundown. But what did, what did you think of WrestleMania as a whole? What was your... What would you say? What was your match of the night? Your sleepers? What you What you got? Initially, I was a little disappointed. Um, there was a a a weird flow to to the night one card where you know I had to deal with um, Shane and Braun <laughs> right after dealing with like the women's gauntlet. Like I know there was like a match or two in between there, but it was just like. Mm. So that just bothered me. Um, I like the opening match. Very surprised that Drew didn't win, because I just thought, yeah, it's the easy formula. Just give him his win in front of people. Um, yeah. But I'm happy about it. Uh, the finish yeah. was shit, because <laughs> MVP was supposed to distract Drew, but you don't see MVP, you just see Drew look up camera and then go, all right, I've been distracted, I'm still going to throw my ass on the floor. <laughs> Um, my favorite match, best match is probably the triple threat for the w, uh, for the Universal Championship between mm -hmm. Roman, Edge, and Ryan. They they brought it, and I thought the ending was spectacular. It's mm -hmm. been so long in wrestling since they've done something like that, and I don't think they ever even did it at Mania. So, <laughs> last thing I can think of is Brock and Cena. You know what I mean? And that was still. Fuck, what was that? Eight years ago at this point? Uh, that was WrestleMania Play. No, Brock and Cena was, um. Oh, sorry. The, yeah, that, was the SummerSlam right. before that one, I think. That was Brock and Roman. Yeah. Or it was the SummerSlam after, I don't know. Anyway. It's funny that they don't give us numbers anymore, so we have to go by, we have to go by logos. Yeah. Well, then what do we do next year? Because next year is WrestleMania Star, but we've already had WrestleMania Star. <laughs> well, this year was WrestleMania Pirate. This, this, this year's WrestleMania Pirate Two. Uh, I, uh, Electric Boogaloo. I, I was, I was, I was just gonna call it WrestleMania Ariel, because they picked the most boring font. But uh. um, no, WrestleMania was definitely an event. They definitely had some spectacle, which I love and I miss in my wrestling. Um, even though it failed horribly, the conga line of bunnies I thought was funny. Or the double conga line of bunnies, the ones that lost their ears halfway down the ramp. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of bunny, he showed up in some big giant fucking truck. 
He was like, fuck you, Becky Lynch, I got your truck right here. Stealing my jokes. Um, and, uh, I kind of liked what they did with the theme because it was, again, it was a spectacle. It was unexpected. I heard you say on WWE Rundown, you were surprised that the theme kicked out of one RKO. I mean, didn't kick out of one RKO. But, um, see, here's the thing, though. We were just talking about it. WrestleMania play button. Seth goes up in the air off the stomp. Boom. One RKO. CM Punk comes off the, with a springboard clothesline. Boom. One RKO. Typically at WrestleMania, he's been able to pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Henry says, PCO must be bummed they didn't get an invitation to the Pirate theme WrestleMania. I mean, wouldn't you be? Maybe. Maybe if he still had Bret Hart's jacket. Um, by the way, um, as much as everybody is, uh, it's so weird because it was like two different ways to book the women's division. One was these new exciting stars reaching the, the apex and becoming champion, and that's Rhea and Bianca. But then the other was Natalia to me. But the, the, then you <laughs> waste so much time with this tag team gauntlet with the tag team title match that it's like. This is the same company? You know what I mean? It's just, I didn't... I don't know. I, I, feel, I felt really bad for the women involved in the tag team gauntlet because it just seemed like a mess. Yeah. No, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun on uh, on Tuesday with the uh, with the guys, with Troy and Jason and John. Um, like like I talked, with, like talked about last week with Troy, I basically just uh, started over, so... Watched, uh, started off over WrestleMania, watched Raw, I'll watch SmackDown tomorrow, so I'll just kind of restart the book, as it were. And the only other thing, too, was the very beginning of WrestleMania, the one thing I never saw coming, total fucking swerve, lightning, 40 minute delay. <laughs> and we thought The Undertaker wasn't there. Um... <laughs> Bobby Lashley came out in his entrance, did all the lightning graphics, and I was like, shit, another delay. Orange lightning, really? It's yellow. It's gold. It matches this Hurt Business gear. Or is... It's, you know. It's shit. Really? A lot of people I like that. I don't like the... I don't like the Hurt... I don't like the Bobby Lashley. I don't like the Bobby Lightning. I like the Bobby Lightning. I think it's cool. Almighty Bobby Lashley. Anyway... Astra says, that describes most of the women's matches, I thought. Usually not great for one reason or another. Oh, I, you know what? If there was ever a match for her to watch, I wish she would watch the gauntlet match. Because <laughs> that was a mess. Although she'd probably laugh at Mandy falling. That was pretty fun. Poor Mandy. <laughs> Michael Cole immediately like, oh, well, it has rained a lot. That is pretty slippery up there. That ramp-like structure. <laughs> He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, uh, so you you are about. a driver for Amazon, correct? Maybe. I gotta tell you a funny story. No, it's not funny. It's It sucks. But I gotta tell you a little story about uh, my most recent experience with the package I ordered from Amazon. And I've never had this happen before. So, I was browsing, 
Then I found uh, that they did a Street Fighter 2 anniversary collection for PlayStation 2. And I was like, okay. And I took a look at it and had some uh, some versions of Street Fighter Alpha I hadn't played before. And I was like, cool. Ah, what the fuck? It's like 15 bucks. I'll buy it. So I bought it. And it was getting delivered to my house. And I saw the guy pull up. And he put the package um, in my mailbox because it was small enough. And typically the video games will fit in there. Oh, that's against the law. Why are you supposed to go to the door? We, as uh, unless you unless you work for the postal service, you're not allowed to put anything in the mailbox. Oh. So I uh, I waved to him because I was in the front of the house, and he left. And then I I went to go look, and I pulled it out and it had my name on it. I knew exactly what it was. It said delivered. Um, the package was empty, and the fucking bag was and the fucking package was open. So I'm like, nice. That motherfucker just stole my game. So I got in my car. I followed the Amazon oh driver. God. Um, and he had gone to a house down the street, and I waited for him to come out. And I wasn't, I wasn't mad at him, but I was like, hey, uh, excuse me. So you you just delivered this. I I waved to you. I was up the street, and he's like, yeah. What's going on? I'm like, um, it's empty. He's like, really? I'm like, it opened? He's like, huh. So he's like, let me look in um in the truck. So he did, and like he was very transparent about it, and he was like looking around, see if like it fell out or something, and he's like, That's crazy. I'm like, he's like, I can put in a complaint with dispatch. I'm like, Yeah, sure, go ahead. I didn't think anything would come from that because I know how delivery services operate. So I immediately put in a complaint with Amazon. I'm like, hey, this is what happened. I didn't get the sure. package. They're like, don't worry about it. We'll give you another copy of the game, um, and we'll get it out to you. No problem. No no second charge or anything like that. I'm like, cool. So they do, and it says it's going to be delivered two days. Two days on March 30th. March 30th comes, I get a... I don't even get a notification. I open the app to check the status, and it says delayed. I'm like, what? The fuck? For unknown reasons, your package may be delayed a couple days. So when I track it, it says it shipped. But it, that's it. It just kind of died after that. Five days later, I go to check it again, and it says, your package at this point may be lost. You, you now have the ability to request a refund. And I'm like, Re- what the fuck? I thought it was just delayed. So I called them, and they're like, uh, we can refund you, um, or we can send you another one for a third time. And I'm like, can you, though? <laughs> and he literally said, let me check. Oh, no, wait, we can't. There's none left in stock. I'm like, all right, dude, just, just fucking refund it at this point. Like... It wasn't that much money. The money's not the point. If if you're Fuck lucky, it. it'll show up. It'll show up in like a month. That's what I was kind of hoping. Have, you'll have been refunded and have the game. But I was like, you know what? It's it's just Street Fighter Two. It's not worth all this fucking hassle. That happened to me. I ordered uh, I ordered Jaffa cakes, mm-hmm. um, which are uh, amazing. 
and only available in, uh, in, in the UK, really. Uh, and I ordered them, and they never, they never showed up. So I contacted, and I got a refund. And then, like, a month and a half later, they showed <laughs> up in my mailbox. That's the thing. If they if it shows up, great. But it, they're lucky it wasn't, like, something that I was real Like, if I owned a PlayStation <clears throat> 5, right, <clears throat> and this was, like, WWE 2K22, and I was, like, waiting at the door for it, this would not have gone as smoothly. <laughs> You'd be running down the street. Now. Well, they'd be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, we don't. We actually don't have any left in stock." I'd be like, "I don't care. I want a new one right now." <laughs> That's why I usually buy video games at stores. True. Well, sometimes they're sold out. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Speaking of Amazon problems, my dad. I love, we've we've spoken of my dad, my father, on this podcast for the last like three weeks in a row. When my dad has Amazon issues now, he texts me. Oh no. That's like, what my father used to do when I worked at Comcast. Like <laughs> he he just he just, he moved into this apartment complex because they sold the house, and he's like, yeah, I watched the, I watched the guy. He says it's delivered, but it's not in the it's not in the, the the entryway where the packages go. And then there was something like up another like a month after that, something else happened. <laughs> Eventually, I just texted him back and like, do do you expect me to do something? Like what? Are, why? What am I supposed to do with this information? I love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, go ahead. So you didn't like last week's theme song? Not particularly. Yes. It's a good song. It's a good Sorry, song. It's a good song. Yeah. You're lucky I don't play DMX, rest in peace, this week for the theme song. I saw the worst fucking meme, and I felt bad for how hard I laughed at it. I think you told me about this meme. I, I think I may, have, I may have shared it. It. Uh, I mean, you don't need to get into it, because you're going to look like a shitty person if you fucking get I into do. it. I, I am a shitty person. <laughs> Stop. Drop. Should have done seven less shots. Anyway. You had to just get it in there, right? I did, because it was in my head now. Alright. Speaking of getting it in, let's talk about BTE episode 251. There's gotta be a change. I'm sorry, that's, there's gotta be a change. It wasn't. It wasn't Gouda. It wasn't the cheese. It, was, it wasn't the cheese. It wasn't Gata either. Gata is G O T T A. It was G O D D A. I know because yeah. I copy and paste it. Gata. 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 Cold open. <laughs> Cold open. Bucks turn heel. Bullet club. Fall. 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 Light. <laughs> That's all I got you were, for that. You weren't. You were not last week. What did you think of this? Did you watch Dynamite last week? No, I did. Um, I don't mind it. It was extremely obvious that that's exactly what was going to happen. Um, to the point where I was wondering why they were taking so long to hit Mox. Mm-hmm. Like, Mox came in, like, beat up Kenny for a little bit and did, like, two DDTs. And I was just like, so they're going to hit him? They're just gonna wait for him to break Kenny's neck and then they'll hit him. <laughs> Took longer than I expected. 
Um, I don't mind it. Because it's better than, you know, Christian AF bucks who are like, we're good guys. <laughs> this is true. This is definitely true. Um, yeah, like I said last week, it, I thought it was going to happen the week before mm-hmm. when they were all on the stage. I thought it, I thought I said it on the show and I didn't. That's my, my bad, but, and yeah, to, to Troy's point, why wrestle for 14 minutes? If you're just gonna, if you're just gonna super kick him in the face. Well, to be fair, and I heard Troy say that last week, and I get what he's saying, but to be fair, um, and they mentioned it this week, they were torn, <clears throat> and then Mox pushed, I'm torn. and then Mox pushed them over the edge. And Matt Jackson, Matt Jackson actually said that in his promo this week. He was like, thanks for pushing us over the edge, Mox. Which, which speaks to my point last week where they didn't, turn on Moxley because they're friends with Omega. They turned on Moxley because Moxley was a dick to them. True. But then that ultimately meant they were friends with Omega. I guess. And also look, Matt Matt Jackson was being a giant fucking pansy. Okay, so I I can't, I can't hurt him. He's my friend. M- Matt Jackson kind of is a giant pansy even in his new role, but um one thing I can say is like, I, I, there's people I know that I used to be friends with for a long, long time. And I'm not really friends with those people anymore. And granted, if they were like called me and they were like, hey, you want to be friends again? I'd probably be like, nah. But if I saw somebody kicking their ass, I might like be like, alright, for old time's sake, I'll help you out. And I think that's kind of what happened. I think the Bucks were like, well, I mean, we don't really like Kenny, but fuck you, John Moxley. You came from the Shield. <laughs> fuck that Shield shit. You're a WWE guy. Fuck you, Moxley. I piss on your spit. I shit on your piss. I laugh at your shit. We are friends again. <laughs> Pretty much. Nobody's gonna get that reference. It's okay. Uh, was it a Monty Python thing? I think it was Mr. Show. Okay. We are friends again. Hey, we are Segment friends again. one of BTE. We waste time showing Matt Jackson and Cutler before Dynamite last week so we can see them skateboard around Daly's place. Mm-hmm. Matt uh, still can't do tricks. No. He's not a good skateboarder. He can go straight. <laughs> we saw him do I, that. Shit, I can go straight. <laughs> <laughs> Segment two. Go ahead. Henry says, Henry says, lesson learned. If Don Callis slaps you in the face with his visible hand, you will immediately see things his way. <laughs> uh, Segment two. Matt Hardy compares himself and subsequently his brother to Darby Allen. Hardy claims he will not die, but seems very jealous that Darby is 20 years younger than him. Nobody cares. Oh. Darby, you take all types of risks, and you don't... Nothing will stop you. You never give up. Just like me and my brother. 20 wait, fucking Hardy, years ago. Wait, wait, Matt Hardy is Taz? Oh, wait, sorry, that was Bubba Ray Dudley. Me and my brother. Anyway. Oh, my brother, testify! Oh, when are they coming to AEW? <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, one's tied up in our age. And the other is uh, still writing for probably main event at this point. 
Yeah. Isn't he even a producer? Yeah, he's producing 205 Live. Uh, and I, I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, I don't give a shit. Uh, segment three. Still, still a terrible fucking catchphrase, by the way. The truth is the truth. And you know it. Not that last part, but. <laughs> Wait. Didn't Our Truth have that as an entrance music once? Didn't, didn't he have a phrase in the beginning of his stupid rap? Yeah. Something like, the truth shall set you free, or something. That's, what, that's, what, that's what's in my head. Ugh. People over there, what's up? Anyway. Oh, shit. He's still there. Our truth is still in the WWE. And I say that not because I wasn't aware of that, but because after some of the decisions that were announced today, how the fuck is our truth still there? Because he's fucking, because he's a company man. So are some of the people that got released. And they find, they find him to be very funny. I guess so. Uh, okay, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, tune into NXT Rundown, where I think they're going to go over every single release that happened today. Uh, good I, on them. I, I not I. I was going to briefly touch on that later. Maybe we'll we'll talk later. We'll see how the show goes. Uh, segment three. Dark Order talks about the week that was in the Dark Order, and Colt gets mad and promotes his mom's rapping skills. I don't know what the fuck that was all about. <laughs> I was like, is Colt drunk? Also, Statlander is in Anna's spot, and Stu is freaking out. They absolutely refuse I, to acknowledge Anna was ever there, and I, Stu gets wicked pissed. I sincerely enjoy that we're fucking with Stu. Uno and Stu argue. Colt plays Peacemaker, introduces someone who can help. It happens to be Five, who has stuffed a monster energy drink down his pants. And now everyone thinks he has a big cock. In fact, they all take with, uh, they all take a selfie with him, and Five seems very I love proud. That, yeah, I love that Adam Page immediately takes a picture <laughs> of the monster dog. The hangman was impressed. And you know what? Good for Five. Seriously. Fucking Ten ate his dick last week. I didn't even get no, the comment did, on it. you idiot. Yes, he did! He stomped on it. Oh, he stomped on it. But didn't he pick it up after and eat it? No. I didn't think he did. I don't know. Ten does a lot of coke. You never know with that guy. That's um, true. Also, <laughs> I, I do. I do. I would love them to keep a gimmick going where they just have a different person in the end spot every week. Yeah, I sincerely enjoy that we're fucking this dude. Like it doesn't have to be just. I mean, it can be. Whoever, but if it was, um, dude, if it was Sue, how funny would that be? Sue, uh, fuck with Stu if it's Sue Trent's mom. Sue, okay, 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 that would be good. That That would be be hilarious. And she's got Dark Order ties going way back. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden, one week it's just Alex Abrantes. (laughs) Drinking Kool Aid. Yep. Stu, what are you talking about? Alex, that's Alex's spot. No, it's not! Oh. I always say, Alex, 
Alex? Alex? Whoa, Alex? Whoa, Alex? Whoa. Oh, I loved how he went, Butlander? Whoa, Butlander? <laughs> oh, John Silver. Segment number four, Cutler, Cutler gives us a behind-the-scenes of the Inner Circle's entrance from last week's Dynamite. How many fucking takes did they need? Jesus Christ. I hope Tony Khan spent $2 million on that stupid fucking video that lasted 30 seconds. <laughs> Not even. No, it was like 10. Ah, segment five, the Ryzen Vix nuns. We are, re- we are now recycling Good Brothers jokes from like, what, six episodes ago? Yep. Uh, try to sell stolen merch. Ryzen stole blue chews from the Good Brothers. He eats them all. Thank God, by the way, because I thought this was going to get extra weird. Yeah. Somehow he doesn't notice the effects until he tries to get up from the table. So let me get this straight. He's been sitting there X amount of time and doesn't notice, like, hmm, Mom, there's a change happening to my body. I wonder what that could be. (laughs) The only thing... The only thing that made me laugh during this segment was the fact that on the table was MJF's award. <laughs> oh I don't know God. why I found it funny. Whatever, whatever award it was. Oh, the, the um, fuck. Was it for the dinner debonair? Maybe. Like best dance but performance on cable. Just the fact that that was just sitting there. That they stole MJF's award. Uh, yeah, he can't get up from the table. They tell He tells them they should probably just leave. They're both like, meh. <laughs> so, can't wait till next week when he's been there a whole week. Segment six. Alex, Alex Abrantes mediates a therapy session between Uno and Grayson. Uh, Alex translates the English they are speaking to English but replaces sentences that they are completely not saying. So, does that mean he's also mistranslating Penta? Oh yeah, 100%. I think that's I think that's the bit. <laughs> and I think Cody, just to give an example, knows that he was mistranslating Penta. Or maybe Excalibur does, because definitely uh, Excalibur said, like, I think he's getting a little too much fun being Penta's translator. <laughs> Or maybe it was JR. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Stu thinks they're fighting, but instead Uno suggests they find Butcher and Blade and beat the crap out of them. Stu agrees, and off they go. This went on a little too long. Yeah. Fair. Also, what the, what the fuck is up with Alex's pants? I wasn't looking at his pants, to be 100% honest with you. He's got the, the, these weird, like, patches on them, like, like they're your typical jeans with, like, the knees... Knee holes, but they had sewn like a patches in the top behind behind the knee hole, not over the knee hole, underneath the knee hole, and then there was like a patch on the corner. Which well, that way it is. looks that way it looks less crappy if you do it behind the knee hole. He's trying to be some kind of like Scott kid or something. Mm. Anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't kind, I don't really get the segment other than making fun of his his gimmick with Penta because. <laughs> I did, I did, I did get a chuckle at the very end when, you know, uh, Uno is being very civil and, and being very, very, very friendly and Stu is just screaming at him and then Uno's just go, 
let's go beat up the butcher. And Stu's like, yeah, and then jumps over the table. And all was fine with the world. I don't Apparently. Ah, uh, segment number seven. We recap the Bucks heel turn for the second time this 19-minute episode. Uh, with old-timey clips from the beginning of BTE. Also, a clip of Matt and Nick trying to fist Mox before the match. I wasn't aware that happened. And thank God he didn't fist them. Because if he fisted them, we were going to have some big fucking problems. Just saying, I would have been upset if he fisted with anybody but Seth and Roman. Back to the present day, where Kenny and the Bucks sit in a locker room reflecting. Kenny reminisces on their promise to change the world. Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, the world did change, not because of them. Omega blames the fans for turning on them. Omega complains they have go-away heat, but as long as he has the Bucks, it's okay. If and only if the Bucks change. Pandering to the fans needs to stop. No more colorful frills or tassels. So get ready for Dark Bucks. Your thoughts on Kenny's little this, speech? This should have happened on Dynamite. The chat, anyways. Fuck all the fucking recaps and replays and whatnot. That should have happened on Dynamite. Because that is the most storytelling they've done this entire fucking angle. 100%. 100%. And it's such a big deal that the Bucks have turn their back on everyone, right? I, uh, you have to have that, and they tried to do it with just the box and their little um, promo before Dynamite, but no, I think you have to bring out the whole Bullet Club. You ha- and you start with Kenny. You hype it with Don Callis, but you actually start with Kenny. And you have him cut that promo that he just cut um, and you have them do it in the middle of the ring. I think it means more. Yeah. You know? And then people pay attention. Like, oh shit, this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So they're going to change that cartoon thing at the end? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> so, that was being the elite. It wasn't that great, but it wasn't awful. At least there was some storytelling in it. We're back to fucking 20 minutes, though. Yeah, but... Did you notice that we hit the last segment at, like, fucking 1426 or something like that? <laughs> so last, week, last week was, like, 10. I know. But, you know, we have to get uh, Ryzen and the Vix nuns in there. Ryzen's got to get something in somewhere. Anyway! Did you watch any darks? <laughs> but it's it's become canon, you see. Then I'll talk about it on Dynamite. That's true. Speaking of which, Dinamite episode 81. 81! Shout out to another podcast. You know who you are. Well, that's one of the ones that ended nine. No, that's true. I fucked it up. We open this week with a video from the Young Bucks explaining their actions from last week. Matt says they chose friendship. Then he says they're a family. Which is it? This is interspersed with footage from after we went off the air last week, I believe. Uh, footage of them cutting their tassels off their gear and Matt saying it's time they reinvent themselves. So basically the BTE segment, but a lot shorter. Uh, oh, actually, 
<laughs> yes, first of all, yes, a lot shorter. But you may remember this. Not not all the fans will remember this. Did this have Generation Me vibes to you? I didn't watch fucking Impact. Then. What do you fucking? You, yes, you did. You watched you Impact. Know? Yes, you did. You know how I, I know you did. That. You know how I know you did because you know who Doug Williams is. Don't you? Wasn't he in WWE? No. You're thinking of Furnace and Lafont. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm pee away. Anyway, I did not watch Dan Evans when Generation Me was there. Did you ever see Magnus? I don't know Magnus. Is. No, it's he's, he's Nicole. I remember him. I remember when he first, like, first came in and they were touting that he was on fucking British Gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Opening video. Hmm? That's anyway. Anyway, opening video, JR welcomes us in. We promote tonight's main event, Dax versus Jericho. Fuck. Wait a minute. Hold on. That's the point. I kind of danced around it. But that's why you have Kenny cut that promo in the middle of the ring. Because Matt Jackson can't fucking talk. Like you said, he doesn't sound like a badass. He sounds like a whiny little bitch. Ouch. And Nick didn't even say anything. Nick was just like, hmm. Can't miss being weird. Uh, what the fuck was I? Oh, yes. Uh, yes, we promote tonight's main event, Dax versus Jericho. We go to Mike Tyson, who starts to cut a terrible promo until he's interrupted by MJF. Max reminds Tyson that Jericho is his enemy and says he's not asking Mike to, Mike to cheat, but then he gives Tyson a blank check, which Tyson tears up and eats. Dramatically. Ugh. <sighs> Listen, also, you don't know who your enemy is yet. I see my enemy right here. Also, tonight, Statlander returns to action against Amber Nova. Anthony Agogo debuts and Velvet versus Jade. Christian issued a challenge, and your main event is the Falls Count Anywhere TNT title match. But first, the tag titles are on the line. Wait, you've got Tyson as a special enforcer, and that's not your main event? Yep. Uh, <clears throat> okay, couple things. So, MJF very sneakily uh, throwing out some jabs at, at Iron Mike. Um, listen, I wasn't alive when you were a big deal, but my dad thinks you're great. <laughs> then he also said something. What did he say right before Tyson almost ripped his head off? Um... Fuck, I don't remember what the fuck MJF said. But he said it almost like in passing. Like, he was just like, real fucking quick, he just said it. And then Tyson was like, listen, listen to me, I'm gonna kill you. Tyson's (laughs) that thing from Zelda? Yeah. Hey, listen. (laughs) Um, Okay, give Iron Mike a little bit of credit. He did better than most celebrities celebrities his age who come on wrestling to cut a promo. Although, there's not that many celebrities his age that come on wrestling to cut a promo. Uh, what'd you think of that little exchange between Iron Mike and MJF? It was awful. <laughs> you didn't like it? That whole thing was awful. Eh. It wasn't great. No, it was not. Ah. <sighs> 
Anyway, your opening contest tonight pits Death Straight Line against new and improved Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team titles. Given everything else going on with the Bucks, I'm going to guess they don't lose. Uh, the Bucks enter with Callus wearing gray and white bell bottoms, gray Nikes, and white Michael Jackson jackets. Instead of the money shower, they do the pose in the ring, and we get streamers. Okay, so the streamers is a is a hundred percent callback to their ROH and New Japan days. Yeah. Um. They said they're gonna get rid. That we saw footage of them cutting off the tassels, but yet it just looks like. The exact same box, but they took all the color out of the font. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, there weren't any tassels in the jacket. Still a Michael Jackson jacket. Still an oversized Michael Jackson jacket. Mm-hmm. Astro wants us to know that she does know who Mike Tyson is. Oh, and it, it has to be mentioned here, Matt Jackson... Sporting the dumbest headband I've ever seen in my life. You gonna like the little chainies? The little dang little chainies? Like he's fucking Cleopatra or some shit? Matt Jackson can't... Look, Scott Steiner can pull that off. <laughs> Matt Jackson can't... That was pull, chain mail. Fine, but Scott Steiner could still pull it off. Matt Jackson cannot pull it off. He looks like a dork. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt starts with Pack. They lock up, run to the ropes. We get a break. Pack takes the waist. We dance around. Drop. In, uh, right around this point, because uh, uh, the Jackal himself has joined uh, commentary. Although I guess when he's on commentary, Cyrus the Virus. Um, he asks Jr. Who does he remind you of, Jim? Jr. Who who does he remind you of? And Jr. Hundred percent drops kayfabe and goes, Dynamite Kid. And then Callus goes, damn right. And he's like, yeah, he's, he's just, he's, he's big, he's strong, he's not a tall guy. He's, he's under six feet, but he's just nasty. That's what Tom Billington was. He was nasty. And I'm like, yes, he was a motherfucker from what I've heard. Say he, you might say he's a bastard. That's <laughs> like, keep going. I just thought that was interesting. Ah, uh, was I? Ah, Pack takes the waist, we dance around, drop toe hold by Matt, we roll around, front headlock by Matt, into a wrist lock from Pack, Matt reverses it, Pack reverses it, and we dance around some more. Uh, this is where I wrote sadly, but unsurprisingly, Callus is on commentary. Matt then forgets which corner his brother is in. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Matt goes to <clears throat> the corner on the left from the hard cam, and sticks his hand out, and then realizes that's not his corner. I'm sorry, has that always been a thing? That baby faces can only be on that side? Heels can only mm-hmm. be on that side? Mm-hmm. In every company? Pretty much. I don't know if that's true. Hard cam. I've, I've watched... You want okay, faces. It's you want not faces often... To... It's not often... But I, I know for a fact I have seen a baby face crawl to the right. You want the faces to be facing the hard cam. Because they're the faces. You want to see them pretty faces. Okay. I mean, like I said, I don't think it's often, but I don't think it's never happened. Anyway, Nick and Ray dance around, uh, double tag, Nick and Ray dance around until finally Nick clotheslines Ray's head off. 
We're shown the tag division watching from the stands, since we're not live and there is no crowd. Matt backdrops Phoenix into a Hurricane Rana on Nick. He takes Matt down, then Pack and Phoenix dive on Matt and Nick, respectively. Uh, Phoenix with a titty slap, uh, then an elbow to the back of the head, and he tags Pack. Pack catches a kick and tags back out, and they double-team with a fun kick combination. This gets a two-count. Oh, that um, was great. I love yeah. that. That was fun, like you said. Ray tries a little handheld, uh, tries his little handhold rope jump, but Matt pushes his legs out from under him and tags out. Nick takes out Pack, then hits a slingshot. X-Factor, he grins into the camera instead of going for the pin, then he shows off that the soles of his shoes say Dior. <sighs> double hip toss by the box into a double drop kick, and Matt's in now. He gets a two count. A back rake, because it's 1980-fuck-four. And Nick backs in. Nick's back in. They double hip toss Phoenix off the top rope so he can arm drag them both. And Pack is in. Pack kicks the hell out of Matt. Hits a beautiful brain buster and gets a two count. Are they editing around all this shit with the with these crowd shots or what? Maybe. Pack Pack sends Matt headlong into a turnbuckle. Then again on the opposite side, Pack brushes off some shots to the abs. Then kicks Matt in the chest, Daniel Bryan style. Pack hits the ropes, but Nick trips him. Pack strikes Nick, but gets drop kicked by Matt, and we fight on the floor. The Bucks powerbomb Pack and Phoenix onto the ring apron, which gets a replay and a crowd shot. Nick throws Pack into the corner, nails a rising knee, and tags out. Nick holds Pack in the corner so Matt can do acrobatics and then hit another back rake, and we go to box. Uh, that annoy me, and I get that that's the point, but, like, all the, the hype and the hoopla, and then he does the back rake, and I'm like, dumb. Who? Hogan. No, that's... That's Sammy Guevara doing all the flippy shit and then just, uh, like in the corner and then just, like, slapping him in the face. Yeah, but that's, I, okay, I don't mind that, because it's like an insult. Like, ha, I'm gonna slap you in the face, you little bitch. But, like, the back rake, it's like, dude, what are you, you say, what are you, you Nikolai say, Volkov? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you say Hogan, but at least the, the Bucks aren't wearing gloves. True. We return for Bucks taunting Phoenix and then faking a tag, which still doesn't make sense to me. Especially because they almost immediately tag for real, so we're back to where we were before. Right. Pack holds the ropes to avoid a double super kick, and he backdrops both Bucks to the floor. Then he falls over so he can slowly crawl to his corner to give Nick time to get over there and pull Phoenix off the apron. Matt Jackson acts like an idiot while beating up Pack. Pack comes back with a massive clothesline, and we have a double down. What did you think about that um, Matt Jackson... Mocking the way they used to be when they were faces. Like jumping up and down and like, you know, all the over the top selling of, of the hot tag and shit like that. Like I said, Matt Jackson acts like an idiot while beating up Pack. I mean, I get it. They're trying to get heat, but ah, it's just kind of weird. Double down leads to double tag, and Ray does hot tag things. Nick hangs around on the top rope so Phoenix can go work with Matt and set up a springboard Hurricane Rana. Phoenix gets a double cutter. Pack comes in, double teams, blue thunderbomb that never pins anyone, and it doesn't pin Nick here. Nick with a jawbreaker. He tags out. Matt immediately gets rebounded German, then deadlift German, eventually, for two. Pack goes to the top, but Matt rolls out of the way. Pack hops over Nick and boots him in the face. Matt super kicks Pack. Phoenix gets a shot of his own on Matt, according to Excalibur. And then Nick hits a destroyer on Phoenix, and everyone is dead. Mm-hmm. Matt and Pack are up and legal, and we slugfest. We end up on the floor for competing Poison Ranas. Phoenix gets hurled over the barricade, lands on his feet, no-sells a super kick, and cutters Nick on the floor. 
Back in, Pack drives Matt into his corner. He puts him up top and tags Phoenix. We wait forever for a superplex, then a frog splash from Phoenix, and that's a two-count. Excalibur called it an avalanche brainbuster. It was a superplex. It was a standard superplex. No, I wouldn't call it a standard yes. superplex. It wasn't a brainbuster. No, it was, it was it was a traditional superplex, but um, I wouldn't say standard because Pac, Pac made it look fucking extravagant. It just made him look like he, he picked him up like twenty feet in the air the way the way he did it. I don't know. It was just it was really nice. Anyway, Phoenix drags Matt into the drop zone and tags out. Pack nails the black arrow. Phoenix grapples with Nick to keep him away from the pin, but Nick is able to power them both on top of Pack to break it up. Uh, Nick drags Matt to his corner to tag in. Nick eats the boot to the face, then blocks a rebound German with a kick to the balls. Phoenix tags in, springboards off the ropes in order to get vaguely super kicked. Nick tears Phoenix's mask off and throws it into the crowd. Phoenix gets the double super kicked while covering his face and gets pinned for three. What a dick! <laughs> he didn't even like tease it like he would like struggle with it for a little bit like they usually do. No, he whips it off Doink. his face. Um, oh, man, I know I'm gonna get criticized. I don't care. I liked it. I liked heel bucks. They're a lot funner than fucking stupid boring bucks. Funner. They're a lot more fun. There you go. Um, I, uh, I was just mostly annoyed. But this match also featured a lot of really cool double teams by Pac and, and Phoenix. Yeah, but this match also featured Mitch. I got Mitch. turned into a uh, fucking tuna there for a second. Uh, this, this match also featured a lot of uh, what we complained about last time with the Bucks and Phoenix. Let's dance, let's dance and dance and dance and dance. Oh, yeah, and you yeah, do your yeah. Shit. I'll do my shit, dancey, dancey. Even though, you know, the whole point of the new Bucks was they weren't going to be like themselves. Um, no, and, and to that point, I didn't care much for the pointless, uh, you know, flippy stuff. Um, I, I appreciated the, the spot where they did the double kicks. When Phoenix and Impact were, did the, that kick sequence to, I think, mm-hmm. Matt. Um, and I know this was kinda cheesy, but I kinda liked the spot with the double run on the outside. Where Nick and Phoenix just looked at each other and were just like, oh yeah? Boom! Double <laughs> run! <laughs> um, they just had some good, you know, they had chemistry, th- these two teams. Um, it went long though. That that's definitely a critique. It was like twenty fucking minutes, right? That wasn't. That was yeah. It. I mean, I know it wasn't exactly twenty minutes because they did the whole segment with MJF beforehand and like, but it was pretty up there. It was definitely like seventeen or eighteen. I wonder uh, if I have. Tw- 23 22. Oh, it was 23 match. minutes. Okay. So, I wasn't wrong. I was actually underselling it at the end there. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there were good, there were good spots in the match. But there was also, you know, Nick Jackson hanging out on the top rope for three minutes while Phoenix goes and fucks with Matt and then they run over so he can jump up and do the Hurricane Rana. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. Um, uh, 
to me, also the most impressive thing in this match was was uh, Pack. Still, yeah, always enjoy watching him wrestle because he just fucking brings it. Pack's the man. Uh, I, I did. I did enjoy him. Matt's punching him in the stomach, and Pack just going, "No." Nope. <laughs> With these abs? No. We get replays, and then we go backstage with Alex Marvez, Adam Page, and the Dark Order. Alex asks Page about Kenny in the box. Page does not answer. They make Chili's references. Fuck around, and we go to break. Fuck you, Marvez. I First of all, I love that they didn't answer him. Yeah. Um, John Silver, fucking beast. <laughs> so Such a fuck. Johnny, oh, my Johnny. shoulder. It's your other shoulder. Yeah, but that one hurts now. <laughs> Johnny, let's let let's rehab. Ah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, just looking annoyed the whole time. <laughs> when we come back, commentary reminds us of how amazing the tag title match was, and then we go backstage to Alex Marvez, the Inner Circle, and Mike Tyson. Jericho does more generic face things, talking about righting wrongs, changing ways, apologizing to old foes. Also, he calls the pinnacle the pineapple, and Marvez thinks this is the funniest fucking thing ever. Also, also, he once again brings up Monday Night Raw from 2008. And, he's a, and he says, my jerk-off friend. To uh, the point Mike, where he almost said, Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Tyson promises not to take five. Says he's firm but fair, and he'll call it right down the middle. Sure. <sighs> that was, uh... I mean, hey, you know what? Iron Mike, get that money. Tony Khan's right. gonna pay you... Fucking go out there with a with a ventriloquist dummy for all I care. Because if if I'm Iron Mike, I'm like I don't give a shit. He's fucking Rocco? paying me. Oh my god, a ventriloquist dummy that looks like Iron Mike. Ah, <laughs> uh, match number two. It is time for our blood feud. Red Velvet versus Jade. Red Velvet comes out to a ripoff of Sean Benjamin's old music. Tell me I'm wrong. And we see highlights of Jade kicking Velvet's ass for the past month. Uh, speaking of ripoffs, Jade comes out doing her best Storm cosplay, but as she leaps over the top rope into the ring, Red Velvet attacks. Jade gets back into the corner, but quickly puts an end to this onslaught with a pump kick to Velvet's face. Thanks for coming. I thought she was going to pin her right after that, by the way. <laughs> I kind of would have laughed if that was over that quick. Yeah. JR, JR starts us off uh, by, by assuming that Jade must be the highest paid rookie AEW has ever signed. Which really speaks good for the company, considering she had zero wrestling experience coming in. I think they have said that about Jade, though, in the past. That she's the highest, or, or that they gave her the highest contract ever given to a rookie. Like, I think my Cody points, might have said that, or. My point still stands. Well, I don't blame JR for bringing it up, if that's what your point was. No, my point was the fact that she had zero wrestling experience coming in. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't continue to promote that, but they, you know. Does it make her more of a badass to have zero experience and toss Red Velvet around like a ragdoll? Not sure badass is the word I would use. But, but, I mean... Dangerous might be the word. Dangerous. Well, I don't know. She kicked the shit out of Red Velvet this match. 
speaking of which, Velvet tries to come back with a standing drop kick, and then a whip kick that hits Jade right in the mouth. Mm-hmm. So, so Velvet nails the nails the pump kick. Yeah. And starts selling her arm while also trying to flex into the ringside camera. Oh, Jade, the, you mean? Yeah. Okay. That's a, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, except the director just refuses to cooperate <laughs> and keeps cutting away. Uh, also, right after that uh, that whip, Jr. takes a moment to call them pretty ladies. <laughs> These two pretty ladies sure are going real hard. Gross, Jr. Velvet drills Jay with a tope suicida. I'll give Velvet credit where it's due. That was a decent tope suicida. Blue chill. Uh, Red Velvet tries to follow up with an Irish whip into the guardrail, but Jade reverses it. Jade lifts Velvet and hits a fallaway slam, sending Velvet. No. Sorry. She didn't fall. No, she She's hits a fallaway slam. Yeah, but she didn't fall. You wanted her to take a back bump on the concrete. So I'm just saying it's not a fallaway slam because she didn't fall. Same motion, she just didn't she just hit the ground. Just threw her. Fine. She did an overhead toss. How about that? That works. <laughs> just saying. Uh, yeah, she sends Velvet over the guardrail onto Kylan King and Leva Bates in the crowd. Uh, the opposite camera shows us that a good handful of women who only appear on AEW Doc also got taken down. <laughs> Jade gloves in the ring while Red Velvet crawls back to ringside. <sighs> She's, like, crawling on the ground. All I could think of was, like, Mole Man and the Simpsons. Please hurry. Uh, let's see here. Jade meets her on the apron and brings her in with a pretty nice stalling suplex. It's decent. That takes us to box. <clears throat> hmm? Half box. Why do you say half box? Because they went to full screen ads. Like a bunch of them because I only saw a couple. the end of whatever the box commercial was and they gave the logo and then boom, I was right back. Mm-hmm. So maybe you get different ads than me. I do watch on a different platform, so that could be part of the problem. Uh, let's see here. You use watchwrestling.legally.com? Yeah, dot, <laughs> dot totally legally.com. Um, oh, you pay for the premiums. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, back from box, and Velvet hits Jay with an ins- No, yes, Velvet hits Jay with an Insiguri. I said it, and then I was like, no, she did. And I was like, no, oh, yeah, she actually did. Jay tries to charge a Velvet in the corner, but Velvet escapes, and Jade hits the ring post. Shoulder first! Uh. Velvet follows up with some strikes and then a clothesline, but Jade does not go down. I mean... Red Velvet is like two feet shorter than Jade. True. So it um, makes sense. So Velvet hits a running Miz clothesline? Right? Kind of? And this time it knocks Jade off her feet. Velvet then lands a Casadora into the Bulldog. Velvet follows that with a standing moonsault for a near fall. I was annoyed because she. She took time to 
yell at the hard cam before hitting the moonsault? Yes. Don't waste I, time. I don't know if that was just like her getting her feet set, like in real life. I don't know. That's why you only got a two count, because you wasted time. That's true. Uh, Velvet drags Jade to the corner and goes up top to attempt a top rope moonsault. Ugh. Jade rolls away, but eh. doesn't. Mm. And Velvet hits her face on right Jade's muscular back. Ugh. Ugh. I looked out, This match was going okay until that moment. And then I was like, <laughs> oh... Wow! <laughs> Jade finishes finishes her off with Jaded the imp- the implant buster for the win. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, it was something. I mean, it, mm-hmm. look, it was a hundred percent. Not kidding you. Until that finish, it was much better than I expected. And yeah. then And then that finish, and I'm like, well, I can't ignore the fact that it was Jade's fault that she almost killed a bitch. Because if she, like, snapped her neck back, she could have fucking, you know. But whatever. Velvet's fine, so I guess it's... uh, You know. It happens when you've only had two matches in your goddamn life. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Miss Athletic Jade, roll the fuck out of the way! All the way. Or was that Velvet for not, like... Did she, did she not get all the way over? Or, nah, I don't know. No, no I, I it was Jade's fault. It was Jade's fault. Also, that couldn't have felt good either, that, like, Jade got a flying jaw to the spine. Chibia. <laughs> After the match, we go backstage to Tony Schiavone. I like, I like that we, the, for the, for the replays, mm-hmm. it's just the finish. Gee, just why. the implant buster, that's it. Well, Nothing else gets replayed. Hey. To be to be fair, in the old old days of AEW Dynamite, they they would have replayed the botch because they didn't know how to fucking edit. <laughs> how long did they start including footage of the entrances? Too much. <laughs> slow slow mo entrance. You gotta have the slow mo entrance. Yeah. And. Plus, Tony wouldn't be backstage. He'd be in the aisle then. After the match, we go backstage to Tony Schiavone, who was with Britt Baker in Rebel. Britt scientifically breaks down the ranking and how she will be elevated from the number three spot to the number two spot because Red Velvet, who was in the number two spot, just lost. <laughs> Dr. Baker hits the catchphrase, and I am so grateful for the good doctor making AW a better show to watch. So she points out that she's in third place at seven and one, and Red Velvet's now five and one. She doesn't point out that the champion is two and zero. Oh. Two singles matches this year for the champion. Two. Two. That's not on bread. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it is. I'm, I'm saying, saying it's ridiculous. I, I'm, I'm saying not. it's ridiculous that the AEW Women's Champion has had two singles matches in the last four and a half months. Whoa, 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 whoa! I don't typically put myself in the position to defend the booking of their Women's Champion because I have been on record that they do a shitty job. 
But to be fair, for two of those months, wasn't she in Japan? Remember, right, right during the tournament and before the tournament, she was over in Japan promoting for them. Okay. So, how is she going to have AEW singles matches if she's promoting over there in Japan for a six-week tour or whatever the fuck? It was? Anyway, it's a go-go time, and you can tell that because his theme song starts with a Westminster chime. Uh, he's facing some schmuck in blue and black trunks who is unnamed. Uh, we get a replay from The House Always Wins of a go-go punching Cody again. This kid's name is apparently Cole Carter. Uh, they lock up, back to the corner, a go-go with a shove on the break. Carter takes the waist, standing switch, arm drag, and a go-go punches Carter in the stomach, and Paul Turner calls for the bell. Seriously? It's the, Seriously? It's the dreaded stomach shot. Dude, you say stomach, maybe... Maybe he gave him a heart punch, okay? Very illegal. No, that was Tum Tum. Plus, then he would have been disqualified if it was that an was illegal Tum-tum. shot to the chest. Uh... Replays don't make it look any better. Harwood and Jericho is next, we're promised, as we go to break. So, um, they're talking about Anthony Gogo during this match, and... Apparently, QT's faction is called... The Factory. The Factory. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we? We're the factory! Yeah, get back to work. He's a man. Uh, Such a man. This is the guy that they're going to hitch their wagon to. This is the premier athlete, so to speak, of, of the factory. Because that's what they were hyping him as. Like, this oh, is go the go? guy. Yeah. I. He could punch you in the tum tum. Really hard. What the fuck? He could have at least. Why? You know, wait a minute. Fucking why, referee stoppage. Why couldn't. Because he punched him in the tummy? Why couldn't he do a full mount and just start wailing on him, left and right, in the face? And the ref's like, I gotta stop this because he can't defend himself. That would have been fine. Or, as a boxer, do what we saw Mike Tyson do to Cash Wheeler later on. Because we saw Mike Tyson do it to Cash Wheeler later on. Because that's a finisher that makes more sense for a boxer. I know, but you don't want that, you don't want that guy doing the same thing Tyson's doing later. And then you can have a KO finish. Okay, here's an idea. Don't fucking have Tyson there for no goddamn reason. Anyway. I get that, but you know. We return from break, an inside look at Miro. Thankfully, not a colonoscopy. <laughs> Miro says he hasn't talked to Kip since Arcade Anarchy. He just wants to talk. Kip is wasting his time, and Miro is moving on to his championship goals. So they're done? Apparently. Like, we're done here. Yeah. Okay. So everybody who wanted to, like, absolutely shit all over um, Miro coming into this company and being a gamer, and I... I they must be thrilled, because we're done now. Miro main event push, right? We'll see. Mm, I'll believe when I see it. Justin Roberts introduces Mike Tyson. Hopefully he stays awake this time. Doubtful. By the way, why, why wouldn't they want to do this in front of a crowd? Why would this? Why would they do this on a tape show? Do they not trust Mike Tyson? I don't think... I mean, you know, it's the tired old wrestling promoter adage, well, we already got your money. Like, you know what I mean? So, 
They're looking for the ratings. They don't give a shit if the fuck if, if there's a crowd there for Tyson. Plus, maybe they're scared the crowd will boo Tyson. Mm-hmm. Match number four: Jericho versus Dax with special guest enforcer. Me 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 me. The baddest man on the planet. Iron. Should have given a warning for our friends wearing headphones, too. Mike. Tyson. Dax comes out with Cash and Tully. Jericho comes out with Floyd, the baseball bat. And his hype man, Sammy Guevara. Crowd sings along to Judas as Dax flips out because he doesn't want to hear that shit. Ah, Jericho looks and points to the crowd that's not there as they pump in the karaoke. You say the crowd that's not there, but but all the fucking um, enhancement talent at ringside was, was jamming. He wasn't looking at ringside. He was looking at the seats. <laughs> and pointing at the seats that are empty. And also, the ringside crowd isn't that loud. Have you heard Austin Gunn? <laughs> that man can fill a stadium with his own voice. Jericho and <laughs> can't fill it with anything else. Jericho and Dax stare at each other uh, to steal a line from the late Bobby Heenan. Two ugly people looking at each other. That's fun. I I love that. So Dax, Dax comes down with Cash and Tully. Yeah. And of course Tully has to leave. But he's fighting off. And he for some reason Tully had an iPad. Tully has never had an iPad before. But for some reason tonight he had an iPad. It's that's the coach Arn Anderson giving him some some pointers. Apparently, either that or he's like, "Fuck you, Arn." If Arn got a clipboard, I'm gonna get myself an iPad. Fine, I'll go play Candy Crush in the locker room. <laughs> uh, Jericho blinks first, and they slug it out in the middle of the ring. Jericho hits a solid right hand to Dax, sending him to the outside. Jericho goes outside as well and grabs a steel chair. He tries to introduce it to Dax's face, but Tyson pulls it away. Tyson and Dax then have an awkward exchange. What the fuck was that? (laughs) Tyson tries to break up the fight on the outside because he doesn't know what he's doing. (laughs) He grabs the chair, but then he like... Yeah, Jericho Jericho picks up the chair and then just walks straight for Tyson so Tyson can remember that spot. Mm Mm-hmm. But he, he takes the chair away, but then he gives... Dax like a waist lock, but then instantly let's let's go because he's like, yeah. oh wait, shit, wrong. Did I do that wrong? Yeah, they're they're, bra- they're brawling on the floor, and Tyson's like, I said break this up, and then he's like, wait, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> Never mind. Um, the awkward exchange leads to Dax grabbing Floyd, and this cues Tyson to pull that away as well. <laughs> oh, Mike. <laughs> Poor fucking Mike. How many takes did it take him to do the fucking hangover shit? Must have taken like 55 takes each scene. Can we do that one again? Not with live, pal. <laughs> hey, but we're not... Let- sh- sh- shut up tell him we're live. I don't want to waste any more tape. <laughs> Jericho and Dax continue to brawl on the outside, but eventually get back in the ring. 
Dax punishes Jericho in the corner, which strikes and then chokes him in the middle on the middle rope. Jericho fights back with strikes of his own, and once again, Dax tumbles to the outside. Dax lords. Um, Jer- Jer- Dax drops Jericho with a big back elbow, and Excalibur says, "This is the first in-ring meeting between a Pinnacle member and an Inner Circle member." Yeah, no shit, Excalibur. The Pinnacle's only been a thing for like three weeks. Right. Uh, let's see here. Dax lures Jericho to the timekeeper's table and hits him on the head with a microphone. Jericho no-sells it, retaliates, and stabs Dax in the forehead with a pen. What the fuck? The microphone spot never looks good. The microphone spot looked like shit. What made it worse was Jericho being like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna kinda graze me with a microphone? Oh, stab you with a pen! Yeah, meet Mr. Pencil. It's like, oh, my fucking eye! No. Uh, Jericho then pulls an old rock trick by stealing the camera from a ringside <laughs> crew member so we can watch him kick Dax's ass from a POV angle. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Jericho never steals gimmicks. Jericho tosses Dax back into the ring, and they brawl some more before Dax throws Jericho into the post, shoulder first. Jericho rolls to the outside, and Dax follows and tosses him into the guardrail. Dax then gets face-to-face with Tyson, and the two scream at each other as we go to box. Back from box, and Jericho and Dax are engaging in a chop battle. While holding hands. While holding hands, which was weird. Jericho knocks Dax down with two shoulder tackles and then follows up with a double axe handle because Jericho is old. <laughs> he follows that with a bulldog and a shitty lion salt for a two count. So now his his deal on how he gets himself over on the lion salt is he just tries to do it as fast as possible. He's going to fucking break his neck. He lands on his chest and rolls. They trade forearm shots, but Jericho drops Dax on a running clothesline. He covers, but Dax kicks out two and a half. Cash, you missed Cash, slides halfway in the ring on the cover from the lion salt, so Tyson can point at him. Oh, yeah, I didn't fucking care about it. <laughs> I was like, that was stupid. Dax hits a springboard powerbomb that sounds cooler than it looks, and then follows up with the murder-suicide diving headbutt, but misses. Jericho goes for the walls and locks Dax in the walls of Jericho. Jericho then drags Dax to the other side of the ring so Cash can hit his spot and hit Jericho on the back of the head to break up the hole. What the fuck? Let me put you in the walls of Jericho and I'm going to take you from one side of the ring all the way to the other so Cash can hit his spot. How about don't put him in the walls on that side of the ring? So bad. And you're supposed to be a 30-year fucking veteran. 30-fucking-year veteran. Is ring awareness a thing, or is that just a gimmick, too? Tyson goes over to Cash, but before he can actually do anything, um, off-screen, a fucking flying Sammy Guevara tackles Cash and beats the shit out of him. <laughs> I forgot Sammy was a ringside. Back in the ring, and Jericho tries to Judas effect, but Dax ducks and hits a brain buster. That was a brain buster. Hang on. Before that. Hmm. So, when that when the, the, the no leg slaps thing first went around, mm-hmm. 
Dax tweeted a video of himself kicking somebody outside the ring on Dynamite with a caption saying something like, no kicks needed, something like that, at least poking fun at the, the rule. I mention this because Dax throws Jericho off the ropes, does the telegraph backdrop spot so he can get kicked in the face. When he gets kicked, you clearly see him clap his hands together. Now, to be fair, he didn't slap his leg. He slapped his other hand. But still. Yeah, that was, uh... That was something. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's see here. He covers, but Jericho's able to kick out off the brain buster. Dax, nice brain buster. That was a very, and that was actually a brain buster. Yes. Dax lifts up Jericho, but Jericho counters with a code breaker. Talk about a telegraphed fucking cue. As soon as the code breaker hits, the pinnacle run down to the ring. As soon as the code breaker hits, Aubrey starts staring at the stage. <laughs> Maybe that's what made it more telegraphed. <laughs> Maybe that's why it was so I, obvious to me. This is what I wrote. Jericho nails a code breaker, which is the cue for the inner circle and pinnacle to brawl on the ramp, and you definitely wouldn't have known they were coming if you weren't watching Aubrey, who started staring at the entrance <laughs> after the code breaker. Uh, the pinnacle come down to the ring, but the inner circle are right behind them. Both factions fight in the entrance ramp. Well, Cash tries to sneak up onto the apron with the baseball bat. Tyson catches Cash, like, aha! <laughs> Cash hops down, and then... This is the reason why I don't think, and I might be wrong, but I don't know if Iron Mike's getting a call back. <laughs> because... Cash hops down and tries to hit Tyson... And I think he, like, moved forward too fast because Tyson caught him square in the face with a right hook. And I mean a fucking solid, like, like you heard it. I think he fucking accidentally hit him for real. As you can imagine, Jericho then hits the juice effect for the win. The juice effect? The Judas effect. Uh, any any thoughts on this man? <sighs> Do you think Tyson accidentally stiffed him? I I my note is that on the replay the shot the the shot did look really good. I don't think it looked. I don't th I don't think it looked stiff. I think it was a work shot. It just he laid it in pretty good. But, I mean, um, great job then. Kudos to a man who doesn't do this for a living because I was just like, oh fuck! I think he just fucking caught him. I mean, the match was decent. The match was all right. It was it was okay. <sighs> Too much extra bullshit. There was a lot of extra bullshit. I, I almost feel like you need it at this point because I don't think Jericho can carry a match anymore. <laughs> I'm, and I'm trying. I'm not even trying to like make fun of him or anything like that. Like this isn't like you know coming from a place of like hate. Like, but when I watch Jericho, I'm just like fuck. Dude, he's going to get blown up in, like, three minutes. <laughs> like, he has to take extra time when he, like, sets up a spot, or, like, if he does a sequence that, like, involves a lot of spots, then they just lay out for, like, two minutes. 
<laughs> fucking flat bags. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just feel bad for the guy. He's just fat, old, and slow. So <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, I can't really get into a Jericho match. That's just they're not good. Dax was fine. Like I said, that brain buster yeah. was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, after the match, the inner circle celebrate with Tyson. The pinnacle leave with their tail tucked between their legs. Remember when I said I can't wait to see what they do for them to get their heat back? <laughs> Still waiting. Uh, yeah. Remember when the pinnacle felt important for a week? Fuck's sake. Um, after they leave, Jericho grabs a mic and announces that Mike Tyson is now the newest member of DX. Break it down! Did you at least appreciate my joke last week? My WrestleMania 14 reference? I think it was Tyson wearing a pinnacle shirt underneath his inner circle shirt. Jericho takes the microphone and says, Mike Tyson is now an ancillary member of the inner circle. Is that like how Rodman was an ancillary member of the NWO? Ancillary is not a word. Ancillary. Ancillary is the word. Ah. Wait, did Jericho say ancillary? Yeah. Maybe it's his Canadian accent, bro. Like <laughs> in Winnipeg. That's how they talk up there. Says Kenny. No, he didn't say I'm sorry. <laughs> he said ancillary. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't care about Iron Mike. Yeah. I, I thought Iron Mike was wicked cool back in, like, 1998. Yeah. I really did. And I didn't even mind him in The Hangover, because it was a movie with a cameo appearance. Uh, yeah, I don't need Mike Tyson taking up 15 minutes of my TV. Not in 2021. Oh, God, no. I don't give a fuck if the dude works out fucking three times a day. He just... Dude. The, the whole act is tired. What, what are you going to do? You're going to punch someone? You don't say. Do you know how old Mike Tyson is? 56. 54. Ah, damn it. I remember he won the belt wicked young. So he's, so he's older than Stang. No, he's not. You just said he was 54. I thought Sting was 51. I thought Sting was 61. Dude, Sting was old in your timeline on Nitromania. No, you're right. I was yep. 10 years old. Sting is 62 now. Oh. His birthday's passed. Do you believe that? When you're, when you're doing Nitromania and they decide to take Sting off of TV for a fucking year, as far as in ring, he was like in his prime. He was like what? 38. 38. I was just going to say 38. Ugh, boy. That's how old I am now. You're in your prime, right? Is this my prime? <laughs> I mean, if you're Sting, it is. We go outside to Marvez, who is with the Elite. Once again, there's no reason why this shouldn't have been in the ring. Cyrus the Virus takes the mic from Marvez and shoves him away. He says, just when you think you've seen it all, you've seen nothing. He then says, just when you think you have all the answers, we change the questions. <laughs> just about to make that reference. <laughs> but I was too busy having an existential crisis, thanks to you. Kenny says they've never changed, they just stopped being what the fans wanted them to be. 
Kenny says they never changed, and explains how they changed. Matt cuts a promo and says, nothing really. The Invisible Hand tells us to be prepared to be surprised again. The Bucks tease a double superkick to the cameraman, but then don't do it, so that fucking the Jackal can superkick him anyway. And what does he do? What does he do on the superkick? Slaps his leg. He slaps the leg. <laughs> well, he's old school. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I forget that Don Callis used to be a fucking worker. Many, many years ago. Actually, did the Jackal even have a match? Or was he just I, a gar- piece? I, I guarantee you he, they had to do something with the camera because he couldn't get it because he can't get his leg up that high. You saying he can't get it up anymore? You should talk to Ryzen. Pretty ladies. Now, Big J, I got a problem. We get a pre-tape from Thunder. We get a pre-tape from Thunder Rosa saying she wants the AEW Women's Title and she wants the NWA Women's Title. She wants it all, motherfucker. She wants it now. So you know what I noticed, and in this, we'll get into this even more in the main event, but um. AEW has now signed so many people that a normal storyline with a normal feud now involves 14 people, seven on each side. <laughs> and it doesn't matter which storyline you're talking about. There's at least 14 he, people involved. He did wrestle as the Jackal in WF. In WWF, really? Did he have a there's, match on like Shotgun Saturday Night? The, gimmick? The, 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 the last match was, was on Shotgun Saturday Night, defeating Scott Taylor. Uh, he was also on Shotgun Saturday Night, teaming with the Interrogator. That was Kurgan. Yeah. Uh, he was in the Survivor Series match, the Truth Commission versus the Disciples of Apocalypse. Gang oh, rules. God. He was one of the, he, he was, wasn't it his uh, finishing move where he hit you with the third eye or something like that? He lost to Brackus at a house show. He defeated Brackus at a house show. Defeated Salvatore Sincere at a house show. Defeated Salvatore Sincere at a different house show. Dude, whatever happened In to Pittsfield. Brackus? Uh, you think that guy's still alive? <gasps> you think that guy's going to get signed by AEW soon? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, Brackus. All right, I'm, I'm not really that interested. He probably just... Oh, my God. What? Brackus is rating on cage match. Oh, it's like a 1.2. 0. 0. 0.74. Uh, oh. How can you be that bad? Jesus Christ. Last match on here is in April of 99. And then he was never seen again. <laughs> mm. Anyway. Yes. Anyway, what would you think of the pre-tape from Thunder Rosa? It was typical. It was, uh, what'd you call it? Ten pounds of shit and a five pound bag? They just do things, they, they, they schedule. If you, if you've scheduled out the segments on Dynamite, there's probably 20 of them in a two hour show. All these little backstage things, these little, uh, uh, side interviews, like, Oh my god, and, 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 I get it. You spent money on these people, you want to have them on your show, but is it really doing anything? Is it advancing these people at all? I, I don't know. I really don't sometimes. 
Yeah. Enter Chris Statlander to Orange Cassidy's theme song, since she's a friend now. They do accompany her to the ring. Amber Nova is already in the ring, but at least she gets an introduction, unlike Carter Cole or the fuck his name was. Uh, Paul Turner gets booped. We lock up, back to a corner. Amber climbs and gets dropped. They give us a heels bug, but Tony doesn't get a chance to pander because Excalibur is talking about upcoming best friends matches. Uh, Nova gets booped. Chris catches a, uh, a kick and punches her in the face. Off the ropes for a power slam as JR has trouble not being gross while talking about how much better shape Chris Statlander is in. Oh my god. He was... I don't, I don't know. want to say anything to get myself in trouble. I, I don't know if this is uh, not politically correct, but she's thinned I, out. I don't know if this is legal, but... <laughs> Gorilla pressed by Statlander, she just drops Nova on her face. Handstand, leg drop, flipping senton that basically misses, and she thumbs up orange, charging elbow in the corner, then a running knee, kick to the back of the head, and the uh, black... not the black hole slam. Supernova. Supernova on Nova. And that's the end of that. I thought it was called something different. Excalibur called it the Supernova. Yeah, but then, like, during the replays, they called it something else. Like, uh, uh, the... Fuck. Air Raid Crash. No, it's not that. Uh, Backstage... What'd you think of the match? Another Squish Squash. I have a... Okay, yes. <laughs> what? All right, KT and chat. Done. Done, done, done. Done, done, done. Done, done, done. Boop, friends. <laughs> um, I, 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 if I'm being 100% honest, I like seeing Statlander back. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I'm so glad, like, you know, she, she doesn't look like she's missed a step. Obviously, rehab went well because she's back in 10 months. And she looks great. I'm really mm-hmm. excited to have her back. Uh, I don't give a shit about her opponent. It was a squish watch. <laughs> so, it, it, I, don't it, I don't know who her opponent is. Uh, it was there just to fucking establish that she's back, and I'm glad she's back. Um, as far as, far as her little uh, alliance with the best friends, eh, sure. Give <laughs> an alien. Man. Like I said, every faction's gonna have 14 people, and every storyline's gonna have like 26. <laughs> Backstage, Dasha is with Team Taz in front of. Speaking of the. Fucking storyline that has 26 people. Fuck are those? Like sun lamps or those things you buy when you have seasonal depression? What the fuck were they standing in front of? I don't fucking know. Anyway, Starks is upset that Christian hasn't answered them yet. Taz asks Starks and Brian Cage to stay backstage because they're both a bit rambunctious. Oh, I thought you were going to say they're both whiny bitches. We're promised Christian after the break and our main event. When we return, Tony is, in fact, in the ring to talk to Christian Cage. Christian says it's a huge thrill to finally interview, be, to be interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Uh, he mentions his open challenge, which he calls an open contract, which is not what that is. Time out. Huh? Christian, as you mentioned, takes a moment to mention it's the first time for him to be interviewed by the uh, great, legendary Tony Schiavone, right? You know what that instantly made me think of? We did an episode of Title Subject Change where Sting was being interviewed by Gordon Soley. And Sting marked out, and he was like, First time for me and you, Gordon Soley. <laughs> it just made me think of that. Hmm. Of course, Sting was like an up-and-comer at that point, and Christian's... Uh, in the twilight of his career, but you know. He's, he's a cumber. He's a cumber. 
Uh, yeah, mentions his open contracts, and he's interrupted by Taz. Taz is upset that Christian has ghosted him, and he demands an answer. Cage calls Team Taz a dumpster fire. Uh, says he didn't come to AEW to help Taz fix his problems. He's here to win championships. He calls Taz short and refuses to join Team Taz. Well, he says, I'm really glad you're standing on the top step so I can see you face to face. So we can talk eye to eye, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what a shocker. Ta- Taz calls Christian a shitbag. <laughs> Does not get bleeped even, and they didn't even try. Uh, and they bicker. Hobbs then approaches the ring, so I assume this is the answer to the open challenge. Except there's no bell and there's no referee. They just fight. I uh, kind okay. of liked... Okay. Taz calling Christian a shitbag? <laughs> well, that, and Taz being like, I never liked you. Or your partner. And the fact that he carried you all those years. I was like, ooh. <laughs> Who's his partner? Say his name. Yeah. Uh, KT says, Cause, because no response is still no, Taz. Hashtag me too. <laughs> uh, yeah, no bell, no referee, just a brawl. Cage wants kill switch, but Hook distracts him. He goes for Hook. Hobbs nails him with a hug. We go to the floor, and Hobbs hurls Christian into the barricade a few times. Hobbs with a flapjack on the floor. Hobbs threatens to elbow a crowd member who does not react at all. Uh, Hobbs smashes Cage's face into the, stops, into the top steps uh, and then stands on his head. Cage is dead, so Team Taz leaves. What'd you think? It was a decent beating. Powerhouse. Um... As long as Taz does... This is going to sound fucking... It's going to sound like pandering, but it's not. As long as Taz does the bulk of the talking, I'm alright with this program. Christian versus Team Taz. Um, How is that pandering? Well, because everybody knows I'm a Taz mark. But <laughs> oh, so it's just you're going to sound like a mark. Okay. But... You can't build this feud with with Brian Cage talking or Will Hobbs talking. So don't do that. Oh, better. Don't do that. <laughs> um, and sure, Will Hobbs can be the first one to lose to Christian. I mean... After Frankie Kazarian. Just wait for... I mean, out of Team Taz. Just wait. He's going to beat Ricky Starks. And then he's going to go on and beat face, his son. To beat his son, I was going to say to beat his evil brother. <laughs> Come on, Cage versus Cage in a cage match. But brothers, sure, they're not that close in age. I, they're not that far off either. <laughs> Brian Cage is at least thirty-four years old, and Christian. Brian Cage is 37. 37! See, I said at least 34. So there you go. This has been How Old Is He with Adam and Sarah. <laughs> Alright, so they're, they're 10 years apart. Okay, so brothers. Except Christian looks older than he is. Okay, fine. Anyways. So does Edge. But anyway. <laughs> so, so you're saying Brian Cage was the whoops baby? Anyway. <laughs> Listen, little brother. I'm your younger brother. I'm not your little brother. That's gonna be Cage! <laughs> I want I want them to run with that so badly. Seriously. 
Secret Brothers. Uh, <laughs> next week, Hikaru Shida defends her women's title against Ty Conti. Let's try to make it look like Ty has a shot. Also next week... No, Hikaru she doesn't! <laughs> oh, but they played a video. Uh, also next week, Hobbs versus Cage in an actual match, plus Starks versus Paige and Trent versus Penta. Up next, it's your main event. Why Trent versus Penta? I thought yeah. Penta was a singles guy. I'm so fucking confused. What is the point of that match? I don't know. Last week, the the best friends yelled at the death triangle. So. Kayfabe-wise, Penta would destroy Trent and break his arm again, right? I mean, this is a guy who just fought Cody. And he has Alex Abrante doing his talking for him. <laughs> so, like, how the fuck is Trent... Uh, and you know they're going to go 50-50, and I hate that. Also, they fucked up this whole death triangle thing. The Lucha Bros should be the tag team, and Pac should be the singles guy. But whatever. Uh, I'm not I'm not booking this shit for them anymore. Uh, also, you are correct. It's laughable that they anyone thinks Take Conti even has a chance. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Ricky Stark versus Hank. That actually shouldn't be a bad match, but but why? What interaction has Ricky Stark's had with Hangman Page? I don't know. I got on. Oh, by the way, after Will Hobbs beats the fuck out of um, Christian Cage, JR says. And I quote, The damage has been done. The gauntlet has been thrown. Thanks, Jim. So glad we pay you. (laughs) (laughs) Our main event of the evening. Your TNT title match. Champion Darby Allen. Defends the title against Big Money Matt Hardy in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Are you ready? No? You're gonna do the eyebrow? Okay, fine. Raja. That's the show you slept with last week, you cheating whore! (laughs) Oh, sorry. I forgot what show it was on. That brings a steel chair to the ring, because Matt is a bitter old fuck. He slams the edge of the chair into Darby's spine as Darby attempts the coffee dro- coffin drop early on. Uh, oh, JR... Goddamn moron. <laughs> JR wants to tell us that Matt Hardy is in his 28th year of wrestling, while Darby Allen is in his 28th year of life. Circle of life. Um, do you know who's two of the hottest heels in this company? Two guys that just stand head and shoulders above the rest. Because they're stuck in the rafters. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we have to watch Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, um, from the Jeepsies. We cut to them like six times. 
Mm-hmm. So glad that they're doing something productive with them. Uh, Hardy beats the fuck out of Darby on the arena floor. He brings Darby back into the ring and hits him with right hands. Hardy presses the chair down to Darby's abdomen. Darby got to his feet and fought back with strikes of his own. Then, uh, let's see here. Hey, can, we, can we talk about Darby being an idiot for just a second? Sure. Matt Hardy brings a chair to the ring. Mm-hmm. He swings it to Darby. Darby ducks. Doesn't do anything to remove the chair from Matt Hardy's possession. No. He just goes for a springboard coffin drop. <sighs> what the fuck did you, do you think was going to happen? <sighs> when you dive back first at a guy with a chair. <laughs> of all the Darby matches we've ever watched, you think Darby actually thinks? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Hardy hits a hangman's neckbreaker onto Darby. Hardy places Darby's head in between the chair and attempts to twist the fate. He did that to his brother back at WrestleMania 25. I just like to point that out. Uh, that means Jeff Hardy confirmed. So, <laughs> surprised he didn't show up tonight. Uh, Al, but he's still signed. I know he's still signed. I was kidding. All right? Marks was kidding. Uh, Darby Connors whacking Matt with the steel chair. Whack! Um, by the way, the entire time before this match, uh, Matt Hardy promised he was going to do it by himself. So, lo and behold, five minutes in, and here comes the Hardy family office. Shocking, I know, right? I did like, I, I did like, you know, he twists out of the, he, he twists out of the twist of fate, and then, with the chair still on his neck, just runs the bottom of the chair into Matt Hardy. That's <laughs> true. So, JR admits that it is a false count anywhere match, and he understands there's no disqualification, but yet JR is still appalled that it's a five on one beatdown. Yeah. I mean, come on, at some point, it's just not fair! Butcher comes out. And says something so that Darby knows he's there, so Darby can turn around. And then Butcher just straight up throws a garbage can at Darby's head. Yep. Funk. Uh, Private Party, Butcher and Blade, Bunny, they all beat down on Darby. Until the Dark Order come out, because I didn't see that one coming from a mile away. Um, It's not really fair that the Dark Order came out, because... Just because they're faster than Sting at getting to the ring doesn't mean that Sting should have got his spotlight stolen. <laughs> Young bastards, I was just pooping! <laughs> uh, Sting eventually joins them, and Shivani says, It's Sting! <laughs> why, did, why did little Darby Allen need both all fucking 18 members of the Dark Order, plus Sting to come out and help him. Because of reasons? Darby needs all the help he can get to retain his belt. Got it. So who's the heel? <laughs> no, Matt Hardy still sucks. Yeah. But how many people need to help Darby? 
Because we had ten people helping Darby. Sting hits private party with a garbage can and the baseball bat. And then he sends them both over the top rope with a double clothesline. Well, he, tr- he tries to hit Isaiah Cassidy with a garbage can, but he gets more top rope than Cassidy. <laughs> this is true. Uh, Matt Hardy pummels on Darby. Uh, Hardy rammed Darby's spine to the retaining wall. Sting was neutralizing Private Party inside the ring when Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky come out. Remember that thing I said earlier about each storyline has to have 26 people? <laughs> yeah, Matt Hardy whips Darby towards the stairs, yep. which are not which are not against the the ramp. They're over by the the front barricade, so that Darby can vault himself over the stairs in order to land spine first on the barricade. Nice. So, in this match alone, in this one-on-one encounter, we have seen the Butcher, the Blade, the Bunny, uh, Private Party, um, Alex Reynolds, Five, Ten, Colt, Uno, and Stu, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, Sting, and... And... Running out to stop Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page from making it to the ring is the Murderhawk monster, Leah Archer. Adam, there are over 20 people in this main event. In a one-on-one match. You want to talk about overbooked. Why Why does Lance Archer showing up prevent Sting from death-dropping Private Party? Good question. Yeah, Sting completely stops what he's doing. <laughs> um... And just stares at Archer. Archer returns the stare, and while they're still staring at each other, Archer hits the blackout on Isaiah Cassidy. Mm-hmm. And uh, this <laughs> is obviously far more important than our TNT title match, because we aren't being shown either of those guys at all. Nope. To the point where I thought the match was thrown out. We just happened to see, in the background, Darby and Matt fight onto the stage. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Sting tosses Darby the baseball bat. Darby tries to use it, but Hardy hits Darby in the balls. Hardy then puts Darby's head into the steel chair and drops him with his wrist of fate on the ramp. So, Darby's dead, right? Ahem. Matt pins Darby, and Darby kicks out, because fuck you, that's why. <laughs> uh, yes, Matt pins Darby, and somehow... Darby Allen kicks out of a move that should have sent him to the goddamn hospital. <laughs> Hardy takes Darby backstage and throws him face first into a table and a monitor. Funny that there was a cameraman conveniently stationed at the end of the tunnel. So nice for him to be there, right? No, you don't understand. They they actually hire seventy six cameramen, and they're all over the backstage just in case anybody falls. Seventy six cameramen all over Daly's place. Harvey <laughs> uh, gra- Hardy grabs a ladder. Jeff Harvey. <laughs> Hardy grabs a ladder. And then hits the shittiest fucking leg drop off the ladder onto Darby through a table, kind of. It looked like bad fucking 
uh, oh, the, play the props. Excuses, the excuses they tried to come up with for Darby being able to kick out of that. How the hell did Darby kick well, out? Because he, 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 had to, he had to come off that ladder at a, a, a shallower angle. Because <laughs> otherwise he would have overjumped him, you see. Man, say man. That's the ticket. <laughs> Matt Hardy then tries to powerbomb Darby off the stage, but Darby escapes and fucking now he hits Matt in the balls. Oh, got it. It's a Nakamura match <laughs> from like two years ago. Uh, Darby picks up a baseball bat and hits Hardy with Dar- it. Darby runs down to ringside to get the bat and then return to the stage. This is true. Uh, yeah, he hits Hardy with it, I believe, in the stomach, the first shot, and then in the back. Darby then destroys the monitors at the commentator's table. What the fuck? Excalibur and, and Tony Giovanni are like, well, let's get out of here. JR's like, well, what, what is his problem? Why'd he beat, why my monitor? Look, King, King, look what he did to my monitor. Funny how for every other episode, well, maybe not every other episode, but 98% of the other episodes of Dynamite, the commentary table has been this nice, nice glass-topped, nice, like, thick piece of glass-topped table with kind of some silver metal accents and the logo on the front. Not tonight! Yeah, but thank God, because let's not forget... This company is the same company that had um, John Moxley, D.D. Kenny through a glass table. So, do you really doubt they'd have fucking Darby jump through a glass table? Sugar glass. Okay, but still. I wouldn't put... This company also had Darby jump off into a cracker barrel. You really think that Darby... They wouldn't have Darby dive through a fucking glass table if they wanted to? Anyway. Anyway... Um, Darby hits, uh, Hardy in the face with the baseball, with the baseball bat. Darby destroys the monitors, and then, oh no, I'm sorry, he already did that, and then he hit him in the face, and then Darby starts climbing. Why? Because Darby is Shane McMahon. Uh, they're on some type of fucking lighting rig, and... It's one of the support trusses for the roof. Matt Hardy is nice enough to stay in place while Darby hits the coffin drop from the structure. The box-like structure. <laughs> uh, coffin drop, Darby pins him. Woo-woo, woo. Darby you know retains. Your thoughts on our... fucking overbooked match? <laughs> yeah, slightly. Um, at least Matt Hardy didn't win. Sure, I didn't think he was going to. I know he was threatening that he was going to take the TNT title, but... I was afraid. I didn't think so. I was afraid. Um, what I was more afraid of was at one point, I, I was like, well, you mean, I as well get Jurassic Express out here, Bear Country, who else is in the back right now? Uh, fucking, let's get the factory out here with the Nightmare family, like... Dude, they have, at this point, signed so many people... Which, mind you, there's still a shit ton of people who did not make it on the card tonight. They have signed so many people that they are now being forced to include 
just tons of bullshit into regular stories just to get these people on TV. Um, yeah. So, the match itself, it wasn't that, wasn't that special. It was, it was brutal, but it was, it was brutal fine. For, the, for the sake of being brutal. Um, like I said, I was overbooked with all the other shit that was going on to the point where they were, de- they were, they decided to show us that shit instead of the match. Right. Instead of your main event. See, that, that's for my a thing. championship. The actual moves being exchanged and the strikes being exchanged between Darby and Matt was fine. Something wrong with it, really. But the fucking bullshit around it and subsequently, um, promoted, like, and, and featured more than the actual match, yeah, that fucking bothered me. Like, that kind of ruined it for me. It was just too also- much bullshit. Also, as we go off the air, JR basically explains that he doesn't understand how Darby is still champion. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, JR with the, a line, and I'm paraphrasing. I just don't get it. How does he still do it? How the hell is this man not dead? <laughs> okay. We've had some rough weeks of dynamite. <laughs> Um, I thought this was better. It certainly wasn't right. great. But I think, yeah, we're back to it being okay. <laughs> Whereas last week was abysmal. Are you <laughs> sure it wasn't great? It's got an 8.46 on Cage Match. Does it really still have an 8.46? 17.10 ratings. 13.9s, 15.8s, 9.7s, 3 Last week? Last week, I don't even think I could give it a 6. <laughs> on dead dead series, I think it was a pretty much a four out of ten. <laughs> Johnny Ace, is that you? Oh, sorry, it should be on the other show. <laughs> um, no, I think Dynamite was a little bit better this week. I, I enjoyed more of it. Um, obviously, I enjoyed Statlander coming back. I enjoyed the Pack match because Pack. But um, still the. There's some things that aren't bad, and then there's some things that you're just like, why? Like Miro and Kip. You're going to do a breakup angle, and you're too lazy to even have them on screen? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> also, why yeah. you waste, like, okay, that's the other thing. I understand they're trying to tell a story, and they're building to Britt Baker eventually getting a title shot, which is great. Love Britt Baker. And her promos are very entertaining. So why are you wasting time next week with Tay Conti versus Sheeta? Mm-hmm. It's a waste of time. There's literally no reason other than for Sheeta to pad her stats. Mm-hmm. All two of them. Rating 10. The Young Bucks rocking Christian Dioras heels who slowed down the pace against Pack and Phoenix was a perfect match. Chris Statlander coming out to that Pixies theme song was fun. Red Velvet and Jade blew me away and hooked me in and Darby Allen took a huge bump in his TNT title defense. Matt Hardy made his father proud with that performance in what I think was his best match since he arrived in AEW last March. 10 out of 10 Dynamite in the past month of so has been mediocre, so this was much needed. Great show. Well, he's not wrong about the past few nights of Dynamite. The one thing that person said that was correct. Rating, 9. Really want to give this a 10 because I loved every single thing on the show apart from Sting. 
Him coming out every week just makes me hate him, and every segment he question mark space S in, so I was taken out of the main event that started really well and ended well, but that middle section was terrible. Tell Lex Luger to calm down, all right? <laughs> Fuck him. Uh, yeah, the, the, the stands are going to stand. That's just what they do. Uh, we give honest opinions here. And there was a couple things that are okay. S- rating six. It was a satisfactory show without a great match. Great stuff in Tyson and a good promo by Christian, too. Christian was funny. I wouldn't call it a great promo. Do you know what I mean? Fuck, to be honest, I think Britt Baker's segment was much better than Christian's. But given the content, like, one segment they're making short jokes, and the other segment she's carving up the ratings that they hold so covetedly. (laughs) KT says, Horny Johnny is all elite? He would never. He would never. He can't, uh. Put that break out. <laughs> he can't leave, he can't, he can't leave that Vince cock behind. Neither can Bruce. Anyway. Ew. Bruce Hart? Bruce oh, Bruce oh, Bruce Hart, ew. <laughs> God, I think that family disowned him, didn't they? <laughs> Alright. Alright, so overall thoughts on Dynamite, it was better. Still not great, but it was better. Right. Okay, before we get to the news, mm-hmm. uh, WWE did a little spring cleaning today. Yes, I did. Uh, I have a list. We'll just go through one by one. You tell me whether or not you want to see them in uh, AEW. Okay. Okay. First one, we'll just just to get it out of the way, since it's on the list, we have to say it. Mojo Rama. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gross. Mojo, uh, I was like, I'm not, Okay. 100% you said Mojo Raleigh, and it, for a second in my brain I went, who the fuck, fuck, is, fuck that? is that? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Kalisto. Nah. I want to see him do good Lucha things with the Lucha Bros. We've got Lucha people. Yeah. we got better Lucha people than Kalisto. Definitely. Uh, Bo Dallas. No, I, I, I feel bad for Bo because I thought he could have been something when he was first coming up from NXT. I liked Bo in NXT and his in his rivalry with Neville was really fun. Yeah. But um there's nothing left for Bo, unfortunately. I mean good look. Man's doing things outside of wrestling. He's got a business with Liv Morgan. Hopefully he's giving the business to Liv Morgan. But I don't why you gotta be gross. Cause I'm filling in fucking Troy's all types of grossness. So Trying to sprinkle it in there. Um, no, Bo. No, Bo. <laughs> Just no. Uh, Wesley Blake. <laughs> That's more laughable than fucking Mojo Raleigh. Tucky. Dude. Coming to a local high school near you. <laughs> Alright, that'd be interesting, man. Uh, Chelsea Green. She's already pretty much going back to Impact. I, I thought Troy was kidding earlier, but she sent out a tweet, and, and she was wearing the makeup of her crazy character that she was in TNA, and she was like, oh, been a long time since I've seen you, and I'm like... I mean, that's what Cardona is. Anyway, so. 
There you go. Uh, Mickey James. Of all the old people that AEW has thrown money at, <laughs> Mickey would be my favorite one. Because she could still go. Yeah. I feel like she's got a lot to offer, especially with teaching these young girls. Um, and if you didn't oversaturate her, I know something difficult for this company to do. Um, Mickey would be a great addition to this roster. Mm-hmm. The Iconics. Oh, God, do I miss them. Already. <laughs> it's been fucking two days and I already miss them. Um, but, nah. No? Nah, I just, yeah. we don't have room. <laughs> and the big one, Samoa Joe. I would love to see Samoa Joe in AEW. If he's healthy. If this is a situation where he wasn't happy with his commentating role and he wants to get back in the ring. I don't know. Joe, throughout his career, has taken a lot of bumps and had a lot of injuries. If it's detrimental to his long-term health, then I don't suggest him signing anywhere. Yeah, of of this list, the only ones I would really be interested in is, is that last four. Uh, I will say, comments. if Joe if Joe shows up to me, it's like, oh shit, it's fucking Samoa Joe. Yeah, Mickey the Iconics and, and Samoa Joe. Uh, my my concern is if Joe does end up in AEW, we're just gonna go full TNA and he'll be fucking around with Christian, Christian again. Of course. Oh, by the way, those two actually had a real feud, not the one they tried to build up between him and Kaz. Yes, they did. Uh, I I would love to see Billy or Peyton or both in, in AEW. So bump up the women's division with women who can actually wrestle. Um, and like you said, Mickey James would be an asset both on screen and off. Um, but as was pointed out in the host thread when I asked the question there, uh, she's probably going to impact to be with her husband. So No, 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 no. Uh, NWA, sorry. Yes. Now, that brings up an interesting situation because there is no NWA right now. Thank God, thank Are they coming back? I mean, they exist in name and there is a title or two that still exists. Um, and I'm sure they defend it like twice a month at your local armory. But <laughs> I, I don't know if um, Mickey would necessarily sign anywhere right now. She kind of do whatever she wants at this point. Maybe she just does a few dates here, a few dates there, kind of stays a free agent. She can do it. She's at the point where she can she can write her own ticket. Any with any company, to be honest. It's Mickey fucking James. Like I saw a match um from just a few years ago at a local gym where she was fighting a very young, a very green Tessa Blanchard. I say just a few years ago, but it was like, you know, 2012, 2013, something like that. Um, so Mickey James doesn't have to sign anywhere, but she could also sign any, like, if she wanted to, she could sign with anybody. Now, I I definitely do not think she's going to impact or, or Ring of Honor. So that, 
it's interesting because both those companies look Ring of Honor has a bad reputation for how they treat their women's uh, division even worse than AEW and um, I think she has heat with Impact even though all those people might be gone by now I'm sure there's still people there that she didn't get along with <laughs> and here's something I just thought of though what if what if the Dark Order go heavy on recruiting in the next few weeks. <laughs> and what if two of the people that they bring in turn out to be the Iconics? That would be fun, though, right? And, they, and they're just sitting up against the wall. Oh my fucking, god! Fucking that would be fucking amazing. Dude, I, I'd be down for the Iconics in the Dark Order. It would be Iconic. All right. Would you be mad if Chelsea Green and her um, psycho bride character showed up in AEW? Uh, I don't know anything about the character, so I can't answer that question. It's a hot mess. Literally. As long as it's not a fucking zombie. No, it's not zombie, but it's like... um, Who was a lunatic back in the day? Not Dean Ambrose. Um... Kind of like the personality of of Cactus Jack with the attire of Luna Vachon. Okay. So I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, AEW has announced more rescheduled events for this year, with the company swapping dates for previously scheduled tapings in Houston and Milwaukee. Uh, saying uh, from the release, quote, the, the AEW Dynamite show at the University of Houston's Fertitta Center in Houston, Texas, on June 30th has been rescheduled for Wednesday, August 18th. Uh, fans who have already purchased tickets to the Houston show will have their original tickets valid for admission to the, to the event on the 18th or can receive a refund via the point of purchase. The AEW Dynamite show at the UW-Milwaukee Panther Arena in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on July 14th has been rescheduled for Wednesday, August 25th. That is my dad's birthday. Uh, and uh, same there. Tickets for the original sh- date will be honored on the new date. Fans who cannot attend on the rescheduled date or who wish to seek a refund should return tickets to the place of purchase. Uh, ticket holders have 30 days to request a refund from the original point of purchase. After 30 days, all sales are final. If you purchase tickets in person with cash at the box office and are seeking a refund, please email blah or call blah. Um, yeah, so so Houston has been moved to August 18th, uh, Milwaukee to August 25th. Um, uh, again, unsurprising that this is still happening, but... Uh, Hopefully by that point we'll be in a uh, in a better spot. So. What about Boston? We talked about Boston like three weeks ago. Did they like move? They moved again, right? Yeah, because it was supposed to be this week. Mm. Uh, not not this week. Yesterday, sorry, next week. Um, and it's in uh, June, something like that. So I'd have to look at my emails. I know we didn't talk about it, but um. New Hampshire has changed their stance on the masks requirement, and uh, they're going to be doing away with the mask mandate. So, you know how, like, a lot of... September 8th. So after Milwaukee. Right. Two weeks after. Anyways. So, yes, New Hampshire has decided to do away with the mask mandate. As many, many, many people seem to be moving more towards the 
I'm just tired of dealing with this pandemic, so we're going to pretend it doesn't exist. So the way I see it is I'm not going to wait for everything to just go back to normal or be better. I'm just going to worry about me. Yeah. So fuck all you other people. If, if something happens to you, sorry. Sorry about your damn luck. But um, I've been vaccinated, and I will continue to get vaccinated if this only lasts a year or whatever. Uh, so I'm going to do my best to keep me safe. And all you motherfuckers, if you want to pack into a stadium in fucking Texas and sit elbow to elbow cheering with 40,000 other morons, go for it! I will be doing pretty much the exact same thing I've been doing since the start of the pandemic. Because I'm only going to look out for me. Because <laughs> no one, everybody else wants to be fucking stupid. So, the only problem is, if nobody wears a mask, the virus can still spread even if I wear a mask. But hopefully if I'm vaccinated, that will take care of most of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Governor Death by Snoo Snoo has done, I'd say, fairly well in terms of this, but uh, at the end of the day, he is still a Republican. Mm. Anyway, uh, Tony Khan discussed the possibility of intermissions on AEW pay-per-views, noting that he's willing to consider it if fans like the idea. Khan was on Busted Open Radio on Wednesday promoting uh, uh, this week's Dynamite and talked about the uh, House Always Wins. Uh, while discussing the show, he talked about how, how having an intermission allowed fans to have a break and how he may be willing to do that at pay-per-views. Quote, we have uh, we have great and we could do that, he said. Also, a countdown clock. If you watch The Road 2 or The Countdown, you might have seen them, but that's even better. They are part of the pay-per-view, putting some up. I think it's a good idea. If uh, if they like it, that makes me feel a little better. Maybe it's a good idea. If the fans like it, then maybe it's a good idea, unquote. There's a difference, Tony, between house shows and pay-per-views. Mainly, the pay-per-views also involve people at home who aren't just going to fucking sit there during an event they paid $60 for while you take a little break. Do you know that a lot of the old classic WWF pay-per-views had intermission during the show? How old? Or like talking 92 and before. But the way they covered it up on pay-per-view was that's when Gene would do like six interview segments. <laughs> Not kidding. And then pre-tape and all this other fucking shit. I didn't even know they did it for WrestleMania 8 when I was a kid. Um, but then I realized, like, oh yeah, we hadn't had a match in about 20 fucking minutes. Because they went to Savage backstage, and then they went to Flair, and then they went to comments from Gorilla and Bobby about Flair and Savage, and then we went to a video for fucking um, Rick Martel and Tatanka, and yeah, that was their intermission. But I didn't know about it. Granted, that was 1992, um, and that was a different era. I don't think you can do yeah. intermissions now. Mm -mm. Not, not, this, not in this day and age. Not in this no. era of uh, I need everything presented to me 
as quickly as possible. Unless he wants to waste money on a halftime show, which you could do that. <laughs> the Dynamite Girls? Is that what you're oh, God. Maybe in my take it back. <laughs> Last thing I have this week, Mauro Ranallo making his return to professional wrestling commentary as he is reportedly set to appear at Impact Rebellion. Uh, ESPN's Mark Raimondi reports that the WB alum, who announced NXT from 2015 to 2020, will appear at the Impact pay-per-view to call the Rip Swan versus Kenny Omega main event. That will be for both the Impact and AEW World Championships. Um, I was always a fan of Mauro. I'm happy for him that he's getting another uh, another shot here. Um, yeah. That's basically why I threw that in there. I love Mara. Oh, really love the energy Mara brought. Um, scared to death about him being on the Impact show with uh, Kenny and Rich Lawn because you know what AEW needs? They need more play-by-play face commentators. He's not going to AEW. Well, I mean, it's AEW adjacent. Kenny wins fucking both titles. Is that adjacent? Adjacent. What if Kenny wins both titles? Then Mauro Ranallo will scream, Mamma Mia! <laughs> That's a given. That's all I got. You got anything else? Mm. Are you looking forward to Blood and Guts? Okay. You're well aware that Cody and his inner circle, not that one, um love old-school NWA wrestling. And you, yourself, and me, have watched some old-school war games. Some of them aren't bad. Uh, so, thinking in, on, on that fact, do you think Cody and his, and his crew produced this like an old-school NWA war games? I mean, there's always a chance... Did they do it right? Sure. We'll have to wait and see. <clears throat> I mean, I really hope they do. But. Presented follow- in, a, in a great fashion. Um, following, but following Arcade Anarchy, following Mimosa Mayhem, following that empty arena match that was one year ago today, as we record this, their, their track record as yet has been less than stellar in, in pulling off these. Gimmick matches, if that's what you want to call it. It depends, because... The uh, barbed wire exploding ring death match comes to mind as well. And I know this was a cinematic match, but the, the match between um, Santana and Ortiz and the best friends wasn't bad. Parking lot brawl was decent. Yeah. I, would not, I wouldn't call that a cinematic match. That was, that was pretty much live to tape. Sure. But as far as, like, it wasn't, like, a traditional, like, in-ring type of match. Um, The cage match with Wardlow and Cody wasn't bad. True. Which makes, which is one of the the reasons I'm thinking that uh, I'm intrigued by what they do with Blood and Guts. Because the way Cody booked that match, it felt like an old-school cage match. So, if we get an old-school War Games, I'm there for that. Yeah, like I said, it has promise. It definitely has promise. Um, 
But also keep in mind that uh, Cody and his inner circle are not in this match. No, but this is um, this particular match is is Cody's baby. Yeah, you know he he's been fucking bitchy and spiteful ever since WWE started doing war games. His father's creation. War games. Um. He's been really spiteful about it, so I'm thinking he, he's going to do everything he can to make this like a good match. If this followed the original War Games format, who would you have start um, for our entertainment purposes? Like, which two uh, people would you have start the match? Uh. Probably Sammy and Spears. I was going to say Sammy. I was going to say... you got to have MJF come in last, because he's the little shitbag. But... I'd be fine if you started with, like, a Sammy and, like, Dax, and then the second guy in off the heel team with Spears. Kind of keep that advantage, and, and I think, you know... Dax and Cash can go, so I'm fine with that. Um, Sammy, da- we all fight. Dax, Dax, then Spears, then Wardlow, then Cash, then MJF. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wardlow's got to be that cleanup spot type of guy. Sammy. Sammy, then Hager. Then Santana, then Ortiz, then Jericho. Yeah, get Hager in before Wardlow. Which I kind of hate that Jericho's the sting roll. You know that I mean that famous like, oh here he comes he's gonna save the day like. Ugh, wasn't he in a war games? He was in a couple of them. Yeah. But he was was he in a war games as a face? Yeah. Ugh, how insufferable. <laughs> was it ninety five? Yeah. Ugh. When they put camo on their faces. Oh God. Look at him, something, brother. I see the paint that you're wearing. And I, 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 I painted my face the same way. Hogan Sting, Macho Luger. Somebody else. No. Where, is it? Where was it? Just four. It was just four. It was four and four, yeah. So Hogan Sting, Macho Luger. Versus the Horseman, as I recall. Or the Dunn. Was it the Horseman or the Dunn? Doesn't matter. Anyway. Doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Anyways. You got anything else? Nope. It's been so long mm-hmm. since since this has happened that I realized that uh, for the past uh, few past month or so, I have completely forgotten to plug the show that I have coming up this weekend. Not that it matters because I'm fairly certain the tickets are all sold out, but uh, uh, it's still very exciting because uh, for the first time in six months, and we have I have I have a show this weekend. Uh, as uh, Atlantic Pro Wrestling is is back in action, um, back at the old stomping grounds, back at the official APW arena at the, the new Report Elks Lodge, um, and I am I am thrilled. Huh. It's been it's been, we had uh, we had the one show in October in 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 Derry, uh, and before that we we had a show on February 29th. 
those were my those were my last two shows last year. February, October, and now six months later, we're here. Um, I am th- and I'm thrilled. I'm I'm so excited. I cannot wait for this to happen. I've been it's been a long uh, long six months, like it was a long uh, like an eight months before that. So, but uh, like I said, I'm fairly certain the tickets are all sold out. I can check that. It's AtlanticProWrestling.Weebly.Weebly.com. Did they get you your own private, um, you know? I don't have a coal mine, no. Disease-proof booth? It no? is sold out. It no coal mine? No coal mine. Wouldn't you have felt a lot better, though, if they were well, like, we got you a coal mine, and you were like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, it's the same protocols as we had for the New Hampshire show. Everybody, right. you know, all the fans have to wear a mask. Everybody gets their temperature checked on the way in. Uh, it's, it's pod, pod seating, as it were. So, you know, you sit, that's why all the tickets had to be sold in advance, but it is sold out. Um, so, and it's, I'm just so very excited to be, to get back, to get back to it, what, at least in this aspect, feels like some sense of normalcy. Were you at the October show? Yeah. Okay. So that must have been a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 <sighs> that's awesome. Wait, it's this Saturday? <laughs> well, it's sold out anyway. But is, maybe yeah. next time when they come around, I'll have to go check them out. Because I, yeah. I love ABW. They put on a great show. It's a lot of fun. And like mm-hmm. you said, um, that's one thing that I really missed since the pandemic started was, um, you know, for the past couple of years, I've been going to local shows and stuff. Absolutely. I mean, lucky, I lucky. last. So. Lucky Pro is working on coming back. Um, I know there's a couple of dates float that, that, that they're working on that are floating out there. Um, I mean, I haven't, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, like I said, it's, it's, what's left of, like I said, this, a, a return to, to normalcy, whatever that, whatever that means at this point. It's sure. Just, it's, I am, I'm beyond excited for this. So. That's, uh, that's my happy news for the week. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, oh, at this point, that's tomorrow, because it's, uh, almost 1 a.m. Um, alright, so let's, uh, let's get the fuck out of here. As always, uh, be safe, stay sane, be kind, wear your mask, follow your protocols, get your fucking shots. Uh, that reeks up, that, that reeks up, that wa- wraps up week 78. Hey, you don't know. Uh, the, you know, you run down. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us uh, on Twitch tonight. Follow Adam at the Salsa Effect. And uh, join us next week for another fun filled episode of WCW Monday Night. Oh, sorry. AEW Rundown. Bostanger. That bad.
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling, and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash thesalzereffect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.